Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to this Thursday edition, the official start of free agency. It actually kicks off at 3 p.m. this afternoon, but deals are already getting done. Let's get started with our free agent whip around and take you through all the deals going down in the NFL right now and how they impact the Vikings. The biggest domino to drop, Matt Khalil will not return to the Minnesota Vikings. He is going to reunite with his brother Ryan in Carolina and be the Panthers' newest left tackle. This is a bittersweet pill to swallow for the Vikings. On one hand, you get rid of a guy who for the last four seasons was substandard, particularly in 2015 and then injured last year. There's certainly a segment of Vikings nation that is washing their hands of Khalil's career in very good spirits. Some are saying, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And I get it. Khalil was a turnstile at times. And had it not been for his rookie season, where he was Pro Bowl caliber, I think everybody would be on the same page. But by virtue of, number one, knowing Khalil's ceiling, number two, knowing how poor the line was without him, number three, understanding the dearth of good linemen on the market, it may be tough to do as well as having Khalil, even if Khalil is not a perfect LT. It makes perfect sense that he would move on to Carolina, though. Khalil was not always the thickest skinned when it came to criticism. He showed the cracks in 2014-15 when he knocked the hat off a heckler. He once left the postgame locker room before speaking to reporters. So with all the criticism he received in Minnesota, you can see why he might be soured against the Vikings. And in a sense, that's the same thing that might be going through Patterson's mind might be tough to undo the damage that's been done to a guy's morale when you actually want him to sign back. You know what I mean? Plus, playing with his brother is obviously very important to him. He's spoken glowingly about his brother in the past. His brother has been the man he leans on in difficult times. When he's gone through injury, he's relied on his brother. When he's gone through poor bouts of play, some of that criticism... He's relied on his brother. So Carolina will be a comfortable place to fall. He'll have a built-in support system, somebody to help him learn the offense, and possibly a contending team. So that's a wrap on Matt Khalil's career in Minnesota. The former number four overall pick does not sign a second contract with the Vikes. That's got to be really stuck in Rick Spielman's craw today. And that makes back-to-back years in which Spielman's first-round draft picks Ponder, and then Khalil didn't work out. 
moving on now. Andrew Whitworth, the prize left tackle target, the 35-year-old from Cincinnati who was coveted by so many teams, not going to Minnesota. Andrew Whitworth agrees to a three-year, $36 million contract with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not sure anybody valued Whitworth at that term and that dollar amount. That's a lot of money to give a 35-year-old, even though he's been very good. The Vikings thought better of it, holding on to some of that cash, and have thus far been very conservative in their free agency approach. They also watched Ricky Wagner go to Detroit. As prognosticated on this show, Wagner was simply sought after by too many teams. And the price tag wound up being very high on Wagner, who agreed to a deal worth greater than $9 million per year, as Ian Rappaport reported. So there's two major offensive line targets off the board. Now, when Wagner signs in Detroit, the ripple effect means that Riley Reef almost certainly will not re-sign with the Lions. He is still available. He is still a possible right tackle or left tackle target for the Vikings. He can play both. You've also got Russell Okung on the market. On a different podcast last week, I interviewed Ben Albright out from out in Colorado, and he thought that Denver might try to get Okung back. They just didn't want to pay him a massive bonus after he negotiated a poor contract on his own the year prior. Okung is a free agent. He's still available. However, he doesn't have an agent, so the Vikings have not been able to reach out to Okung directly until 3 p.m. today. Also available, former Packer T.J. Lang. Lang has played some right tackle and mostly right guard with the Green Bay Packers. If you're looking for somebody on that right side, Lang is certainly a candidate. He's durable, has only missed four games over the past six years. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. If the Vikings want to do a switcheroo, there's also a Carolina Panther on the market who used to be in Minnesota. His name's Mike Remmers. We've mentioned him before. He can play left and right. He was a starting offensive lineman on a Super Bowl qualifying team two years ago. By all accounts, he was not a good left tackle in Carolina, but right tackle, he was pretty good. So it's not time to panic yet. If you're a Vikings fan, there are still starting options available. On the market, but they'll likely be going quickly. When we talk to Sage Rosenfels tomorrow, we'll probably know for sure whether or not the Vikings have a starting caliber lineman to add to the mix. The early silence in free agency could signal for the Vikings that they are more set on internal replacements or draft and plug and play. As we've talked about on this show, that doesn't seem like as reliable a solution, but maybe you think. Jeremiah Searles has it in him to grow into something. Maybe you think Zach Karen or Rashad Hill have it in them to take the next step. Just consider this. There is so much more film available to GMs and coaches on these practice squad or non-starting linemen 
than there is simply in game film. There's three practices a week for 17 or 16 weeks, plus preseason, plus training camp. The evaluations are much more complete in the front office's mind than they are in our mind. Now, that being said, if the evaluations were good, why haven't they played more? And therein lies the rub. I would encourage everybody to take a step back from the panic because the Vikings don't have limitless resources to spend money on overpriced free agents. If you trust the judgment of Spielman Zimmer, and I think they've earned your trust over the past three or so years, those two have been a very good tandem, remember that they have to pay a lot of guys coming up internally. Xavier Rose, probably Sam Bradford, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter. If he bounces back, Anthony Barr, Trey Waynes. These are all guys that will mandate second contracts in the next one to three years. So while the perception is that you have cap space now, you have to look at the long game. Salaries might be doubling for a handful of guys within two years. And if you're signing long-term, high-volume contracts, you're going to run out of resources, and you're going to lose out on some of your younger talent. That's why it's dangerous to sign veterans to pricey deals. There's a very good chance that, that you would end up being strapped by that Whitworth deal by year three. So I'm not ready to press the panic button yet because I feel like there's a plan in place. I don't believe the Vikings were prepared to get into a bidding war over Whitworth or Wagner. I think probably of the three signings that are nearly official, I think losing out on Khalil is probably the biggest disappointment because at least you knew what you had in Khalil and from the sounds of it, the Vikings did make an offer. Now the risk involved for Spielman at all is that when you stand Pat at a perceived position of need and you don't make big moves and then if things don't work out, that's when you get in trouble. Inaction can be devastating. Now on the flip side, Inaction followed by affordable solutions, which could be the game here. That's how you make your money as a GM. It's easy to throw money around recklessly. It takes discipline to sit back and look for cost-friendly fixes. Last year, the Vikings had a grossly expensive and terribly ineffective offensive line. So at, at minimum, at minimum, wouldn't it be better to have a grossly ineffective offensive line that's costing you very little at minimum. If you can get more from them by paying less and have some upside, that could be a plus. It's Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Another bit of news, the Minnesota Vikings offered Adam Thielen a second-round tender, meaning that they will pay him $2.746 million for a one-year deal. Other teams can still offer Adam Thielen contracts. The Vikings can match those contract offers. And if for some reason Thielen leaves, the Vikings would get a second-round pick. This basically ensures Adam Thielen's return to the Vikings, and they can still work on a long-term contract before the season if they want. But if Thielen plays at $2.7 million this next year, that would be a bargain for Minnesota, and he would be a UFA the following year. While the Vikings didn't get Andrew Whitworth, they are considering a defensive player from the Bengals. 
Domata Pecco. Pecco is 32 years old. He's a nose tackle. He'd be playing behind Linval Joseph as a role player with the Vikes. Bengals are also considering re-signing Pecco. He's had interest from Philadelphia and San Francisco, per a report from the Pioneer Press's Chris Thomason. This is not the first Bengal that the Vikings have had reported interest in, and it won't be the last. But as we've come to find out, it is not a guarantee that just because a player likes Mike Zimmer that they're coming to the Vikings. Truncated show today. The host needs to go back home, pop a couple Dayquil, and put a lozenge in. Be back tomorrow, hopefully refreshed and rejuvenated. This episode may be obsolete within one hour as these deals come rapid fire across Twitter. The picture will likely be more complete tomorrow. And we welcome Sage Rosenfels back to the program. My name's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.